Frank, congratulations on 200 episodes. Of what, James? 200 episodes of what? Of this podcast, literally the podcast that we were talking about. See, I was going to, you know, say that, but then we had just recorded the entire podcast (laughs) and then you then told me that I was super crackly. So now I had to go get my Mac. Now we're re-recording episode 200. Episode 200, Frank, we did it. Episode 200, woo, woo, party, confetti, yeah, all that stuff. Um, I really can't comprehend how we did this, James. I think I only gave this show about 100 episodes in my mind before you rage quit because of something I said. And somehow, I don't know how, we've managed to make it to 200 episodes. And not only that, James, but I think people keep listening to it, too. (laughs) Yes, I think we should first say... We are at 200 episodes, but first, thanks to each and every single one of you that have somehow put up with us. I mean, one, I don't know how you put up with me. I think 100 um, was a good number to to call it and put in the towel there, but I think we've had listeners from episode zero um, that have stuck with us. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, you've all been amazing. I really love it every week uh, hearing people's reactions to the episodes on Twitter. It's a real highlight of my day. I really don't ever want to answer any questions or do any work, but I really just love getting reactions from the show. It's super fun. Yeah, it is delightful. And I think right now is a time in which I've really seen more and more feedback day one come in. You know, people are at home more, people are, you know, listening to the podcast. So thank yeah. you through all this time, you know, keeping those download numbers coming in. We're super appreciate that. And the feedback that we get too. I mean, you know, any episode that ends in a zero is one of my favorites because we usually don't have to come up with the topics and we did do something different for this episode. But I mean, I think before we get into, you know, lightning topics, um, yeah, I want to thank you, Frank. I want to thank you for you know uh-huh. being with me on this podcast and through this journey and somehow recording 150 hours of content, Frank. That's a lot of content. Yeah, it is. This is definitely the longest job I've ever had. Um, yep, this is the sentimental part, everyone. <laughs> this is where James and I compliment each other, but it really has been uh, wonderful doing this show. I think it's helped me as a software developer. It's definitely helped me as um, an explainer. I don't know, a presenter, <laughs> whatever you want to call that job. Um, I, I take that job seriously. I, I think it's fun um, being educational and hopefully a tiny bit entertaining. At times, I hope that people at least fake laugh at my terrible jokes. Um, But I found this whole experience very rewarding. And a huge part of that is thanks to you, James. So hats off. Oh, thank you, good sir. I mean, it's been fun on my end because um, I get to spend time with my best friends in the world. We don't get to hang out that much in the real world. I mean, comparatively, when you think that I've lived in Seattle for eight and a half years, known you for Ouch. six years. I, we're, we're both true Seattleites in which we don't hang out with other people's and that's okay. Not, I'm not mad at that, but we do hang out, <laughs> but we do hang out literally every week. So I think in that regard, we're the best Seattleites because we hang out with each other more than any other Seattleite does one to 18 hours every week on this podcast when we have to re-record 15 times. Um, but I do not talk to my closest friends once a week for an hour. So like (laughs) that puts you in a whole different category. Like (laughs) I don't even, yeah, I haven't talked to anyone once a week for an hour. Not my parents. No one. (laughs) (laughs) This is a true fact. I mean, I will say like, that's why I started podcasting. I started podcasting a long time ago by myself and 
I immediately figured out that this would be awesome just as a way to connect to my friends after college that had gone back to their home state or were somewhere else. So I started doing a movie podcast with my buddy, Michael, who now I do the Nintendo Dispatch podcast with. The reason I started Coffee House Blunders with Danny a long time ago uh, was because I wanted to chat with him. And the reason we wanted to start is because we wanted to talk as well, but we wanted to talk all, all the tech because we, whenever we would meet in person, we'd be just having these conversations. So we're like, why don't we just record those conversations? And that's kind of the podcast. Yeah, it is. Uh, someone on Twitter was asking um, how this got started. And actually, um, a lot of it came out of a meetup that we were doing together. If you don't know, in the Seattle area, we, we you ran and I semi-assisted <laughs> in a meetup for several years. And that was great because I think it taught us both a lot about a community, talking to people, what are people interested in, whether we could stand each other or not, things like that. Uh, so we were able to shake out a lot of the, those early things. And then the rest was just trying to figure out how to get me to focus and pay attention for 30 minutes while we record an episode, which is difficult sometimes. It, it is difficult. I mean, especially when we're so sidetracked by 8 billion different things that are happening, especially now with everything happening in the world. But, you know, when we often go into a pod, often the topics we talk about are things that are timely, things that we're actually working on. And we've always said that, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you have said that very similarly, that whatever we're talking about on the pod is probably what's happening in our real life. Or yeah. It's something secretive that I've been working on for Ignite or for Build or a Xamarin conference that I can't talk about, but I will talk in and so James, around it. James, my friend is writing this app, and my friend, this terrible programmer, is running running into this problem. Uh, could we talk about it for a while? That's pretty much it. I mean, we could have done an entire episode on why .min crashes when uh, I enumerable is empty. I don't know why it does, but it does. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite error in the world. I get to see that exception message at least once a week. I'm like, oh, yeah, min throws an exception if it's an empty list. Oh, yeah, never going to learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, we, it's fun. I, those are actually kind of my favorite episodes, honestly. I like it when we have a really deep down technical bug because I think when we try to do like a general subject, like let's talk about functional programming, there's just like, where do you even take that conversation? But if it's something like, hey, I'm getting this weird exception. Will you help me out? I'm like, yeah, hit the record button and <laughs> let's do an episode. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's been so many topics that we've covered. It, it almost is like, what are we going to do for the next 200 episodes? I, I literally have no idea. We were going in trying to figure out what would the topics be for the lighting topics. And we're like, I don't know. Like, we got some good recommendations. We're going back and forth. And I mean, to me, what I love about doing this podcast and chatting is that we kind of push each other back and forth. Uh, and also, I think our, our listeners do too. So all of you listening, you push us, you ask us these different topics, you make us investigate things. And uh, I think I've gotten a lot better at life in some regards, at coding, at uh, delivering applications on definitely becoming more aware of of how to make the podcast uh, grow, how we can help the listeners with like transcripts, um, listening to our listeners on topics, because, you know, you may re re request something like localization or maybe accessibility. And then we do a topic on, I'm like, oh, these are all the things I'm not doing. I need to go fix this now. You know what I mean? 
Why do you have to bring up CICD in every episode? I'm sorry I don't have the CD part working, James. I'm sorry. Someday I'll get it working. I promise you. It's just every episode, you just got to stab me through the heart like that. If it's not CICD, then it's AI machine learning, and that's you. That's your fault. (laughs) That's in general. I'm just saying. I think we're due for an episode. I have to check the chart. Usually I keep a little meter of when I think James will let me do AI again. Anytime. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Anytime he says. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. You could, just, you could talk about it. I mean, I literally come on like, what do you want to talk about today, Frank? And I know Frank actually has about 18 machine learning, you know, and AI different things in the back of his mind. But I don't think I'm, I may let him talk about one today because we're doing something different, <laughs> Frank. We decided that instead of going out to the internet, going onto our Discord and gathering kind of back topics for lightning talks, that we do something different for 200 episodes because it's been 150 hours worth of content. So I said, let's do something different. You and I both wrote down six, no, three different topics, six total. (laughs) Oh God, you scared me there. (laughs) Six total topics, three topics each. And um, we're going to give each other lightning topics to discuss. Now, Now, Frank may you'll prompt it to me, but it doesn't mean I'm going to talk for five minutes. Hopefully it's a conversation. We have no idea what each other has written down. Hopefully we didn't duplicate. That's the hard part. Um, and we are going to let it go. And and we do lightning tops, topics every episode that ends in zero, and they are five minutes each. So when we start here at about the 10 minute mark in about 25 seconds, if I can ramble on, Frank over there is going to give me his topic. How does that sound, Frank? I'd like it, but I need a little clarification on the rules, James. I wasn't a part of this pre-show discussion. I'm just kidding. Um, So am I going to say a topic and then you're going to introduce it and say the first words about it? I love that. I like making it level up difficulty. Or do I introduce the topic and go first too? No, no, no. You introduce the topic. Oh, boy. And then the other person has to go. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Well, you can sit back. Why don't you tell me your first topic and I'll just go to town. Well, James, our first topic is, and I'm just going to give you, this is all you get, neomorphism. Oh, great. I love neomorphism. This is like a a really cool topic. Um, Neomorphism, which I'm going to Google here, neomorphism is a design concept uh, in a way which has become pretty popular, I would say, in the last month or two. I've seen a lot of tweets pop up around them. If you just um, Bing or Google neomorphism. It's sort of, um, it's, it's sort of, uh, embossing. It's, it's sort of like, you know, in Photoshop, Photoshop back in the nineties where you would just deboss and emboss all fonts. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what it is with like buttons and dials. So everything is sort of lifting out. Everything sort of have as a heft to it. So you could imagine, um, a play button. That's a circle and has a play icon in the middle. It's, it's almost like the drop shadow behind it is part. It's like stretching the material out from underneath it. Uh, I really like the look and feel of it. Um, I've been using um, in my recent app something called acrylic, which is not quite um, new more neomorphism, but it's somewhere in between material and it. This acrylic type um, design was from the Fluent team and um, Jean-Marie um, one of um, um, Xamarin community members uh, has a Sharpnado library and 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 built this card. And I thought it looks beautiful. I'm like, wow, it looks like even better than a material card. I'm going to use this. It has some, has some, um, like just I don't know how to say it. It has like some texture to it. It's almost textury to it. Um, so I've been looking at the neomorphism designs. It, it's really cool. It, it's sort of like 
here's an amp up of, um, of, of material design in a way. And, you know, cards have more heft, they're popping or they're going through. So now the application is more on the Z axis more than ever. So the Z axis is really showing layers to your application. So I'm for it. But the problem I have is, yeah, designers can make these beautiful things until I have a library. I, I can't really do it. So that's <laughs> me. I don't know. That's, that's how I feel about it. So but that's cool. Okay. Yeah. No, you had a lot of opinions. That was really excellent. Actually, you covered a lot of the things that I was going to cover. Uh, for my part, though, I would say that it's a nice extension of flat design because there's still a lot of flat design elements to it. Uh, the use of pastel colors, the use of shapes, uh, really strong shapes. It's not skeuomorphic. You know, you're not putting an old transistor radio on the screen. But what it does do is add texture and depth like you were discussing. And I think that it's just a nice evolution of flat design. Flat design was fine. Yeah, it was easy to write CSS for flat design, but it wasn't pretty by any stretch. It was like 1960s modern art. It's not, we can't have the 1960s constantly, you know, like art develops, design develops, aesthetics develops. So I think it's just very modern. It has a very actually Space 2001 look to me, very sci-fi look. Um, I was so impressed by it, I actually started a library on my Twitch stream trying to implement a version of it. Uh, it hasn't been too successful so far, but I still have high hopes for it. And I just think it's lovely. I, I'm just so excited for a new aesthetic in UI design. Yeah, it seems that this design plays very well with anything that is card or circle-based already. And ideally, any built-in control could have a neomorphism texture to it. So one thing that I love, 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 love is I, I do a lot of stuff in Xamarin Forms, but Xamarin Forms has this concept of a visual um, property and built in is visual material, which uses Google material design. If someone built an iOS and Android neomorphism library, you could plug that in and then on my button or on my frame or whatever, I could just say, neo and then boom i'd be sucked <laughs> into the matrix and i'd be good to go yeah that that would definitely be my goal if i actually tried to release a ui library because could you imagine like oh i want this aesthetic so i'm going to design a ui library now i have to implement layout binding blah 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 blah. it's much easier to just become a renderer for xamarin forms or a visual whatever they're called i don't even know how that system works but it's nice that that system exists because it means that people can innovate on the rendering side without having to implement all the other baggage of UI. Do you think this is going to take off though? Like, do, have we seen any real applications? I've seen tons of designs, no. but have we seen real stuff? Nope, nope. Um, that's because um, it's so design heavy that every design you see is um, uh, ad hoc. It's 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 designed just for that moment that screen and so no one's come up with a tool for it there are tools to generate the correct drop shadows and all of that but it's not nearly as pretty as an artist creating it and so there are just there are subtleties that people are missing in their ui libraries but you know give it time give it time yeah all right question topic number two this one uh <laughs> We'll have a general topic around. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do five minutes. No, no right, problem. You Whatever you say here, five minutes, easy. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? This I'm, I'm already laughing. I'm so at scared. It. Oh, great. Will Frank ever finish his C? <laughs> Will Will Frank? All right, here we go. Will Frank ever finish his secret app? 
And if not, or if so, what is holding you back from doing so? Wow. Wow, people. <laughs> Remember what I was saying about that moment where the show just ends? <laughs> All right, five minutes. Um, yes, the end. <laughs> well, no, I, I'll no, preface okay. this with... Yes, yes. Or... Okay, I got this. I okay. got this. I got this. Okay, so um, a year ago, I said I was going to uh, work on an app. I said, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, so I'm not going to make one. And I didn't, so I haven't broken any New Year's resolutions. Uh, but it turns out maintaining a bunch of apps and creating a new app and running for city council takes up a lot of time. And basically running for city council is why that app wasn't released. Mm. I tried to do um, a really quick uh, finished version of it before Christmas. That was kind of my goal was to get it out before the holiday season. Um, but at the point it was before the holiday season, um, uh, I shouldn't, it wasn't shipping worthy, <laughs> just put mm, it that way. It. And then after the holiday season, uh, distractions, and then a virus, and I'm just all over the place. Basically, I can't focus. Got it. Now that makes I mean, that makes sense. <sighs> That's it's... depressing. Thanks for making me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm in a very similar um, space in a lot of my applications, and in fact, the application that I'm working on that we've talked about a lot. Um, you know, I'm I'm in this like public you know, testing phase and I'm like, okay, well, how do I even finish it up? Right. I have to get the app store listings. Correct. I have to get the screenshots. Correct. I have to get the app icon. Correct. I have to get all my licenses. I have to put that into the application for the open source projects I'm working on. I need to make sure my fonts are correct and I don't have to owe people a bunch of money. So I have to get those made. It's, it's almost like even if you finish the app, your app is not really done yet. And that's sort of been my struggle. Um, it seems like you're in a different spot, but at least that's, what's been holding me back from really like getting super excited about it and just, I'm going to work on that and like, get this done. Like, Oh, there's all these minuscule, meaningless tasks yeah. that I need to do. Especially because of this podcast, we have an episode of this podcast when we discussed onboarding. And I still think about that episode all the time because, um, I hate it when my apps open up blank. And people are just like, well, what am I supposed to do now? So I've always wanted to create a better um, environment for when they open up. And so I have a lot of um, polish and finishing work to do just in that regard. And that's besides the website, as you said, the screenshots, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll, I'll admit also there's been a bit of feature creep. <laughs> when when you have a code base that's been sitting this long unreleased, you can't help not to have a little bit of feature creep. So part of me just wants to release it so I can stop feature creeping. But it's hard. It's hard, James. Um, yeah, it's hard to release. I wish I had a boss that just yelled at me and said, we're re releasing on Wednesday. <laughs> it's like this podcast where we're releasing every Monday and we like haven't missed that. And like, we've gone to like extremes, like you've recorded like in Mongolia or something like yes. that. Like it has <laughs> happened. Like we made it happen somehow, even like we were very close. We somehow made it happen. So, all right. Do you, well, do you think that you're going to finish the app? Like do you, do now that yes. you're like feature creeped, like is the app still worth finishing? Yes. Um, so it's been a little bit frustrating because I've run into a few, um, you know, technical bugs that have taken a little while to work through, but those are getting, polished out um it it really is a matter of me drawing a line in the sand 
And for some reason, I just haven't been able to do that and finish it. Plus the tiny little bugs. So there is so much a little fit and finish. But, you know, at some point you have to draw a line in the sand for the fit and finish too. Not just the big features, but you got to say like, okay, my reputation may go downhill, but, you know, the, the shade of gray is going to be 10% off. I just, I hate it, but it's going to be 10% off. <laughs> I've been, uh, I had this weird little issue on one of my apps to, to that point exactly is um, I'm using like an iOS uh, text entry. Uh, and you know how there, by the default, there's like the little, the little, little wrapper around it, you know? Yeah. I set yeah, the background to the same color as my background, but there's still that. And I was just like, Oh, I don't want to write this little bit of code, like this renderer to like, just remove that thing. Yeah. Maybe it's okay. Right. It's just the littlest thing, but I'm like, I know I can't release it without it. I know it's so bad. Like I, I think with every app you release, you raise your own expectations too, or, um, yeah, is that the right word? Whatever. Um, yeah, I, I raise the bar on myself. So I look at my older apps and I'm like, I can do better. So I want to do better, but it takes, turns out better takes longer. <laughs> and so it's, I don't want to be chasing perfection, but there's definitely an element to that. And I try to remind myself perfection is unattainable. Just release the gosh darn thing. Sometimes you got to do it. And uh, well, that brings us to the next topic. Frank, hit me. I'm ready. Oh, right, James. You are going to hate this one. Oh, no. <laughs> because I'm not sure I fully understood the rules when we came up with these original topics. Great. But James, tell me, because you're a game. You're you're an ex-game game person what were your favorite 3d libraries in game development or just in general i guess mm, i mean so i used to be in game development a long time ago uh, back in the day uh, which is when i worked at crunch time games i made a game on the xbox i also before that i worked uh, mostly on a lot of smaller 2d games um, in in java and in c sharp and a few other things like that uh, you know, the problem that I had with game development for me, at least, was that I always struggled a lot with um, coming up with something by myself, right? I could follow directions. I could implement things. So when I worked on Shred Nebula, it was really good. Did a lot of work in DirectX. That was like the game engine, I guess we used. We used XNA, actually. No, we didn't use XNA. It wasn't out yet. We used, yeah, DirectX directly. DirectX directly. That was good. Um, so I haven't really had a lot of experience with that. We did do a lot. Of, I did a lot of shader work in direct X. There was a lot of math involved with that. So a lot of our like toxic clouds did like texture scrolling and, you know, morphing and things like that. So I did a lot of direct X direct work. Um, beyond that, I will tell you maybe like stuff that I've been looking at recently, um, maybe will spark your engine. I don't know if it's necessarily a 3d thing, but in the game realm of engines, at least I've been really looking at. I call it Godot, but I think it's really oh, yeah. Godot. I think it's Godot, maybe Godot. I'm not sure, but that's what I've been looking at because um, there's uh, an individual at Microsoft. Um, there's like some sponsorship there. Um, then they have a like whole C-sharp side of it. So that's what I've been looking at. But this is probably not the answer that you're looking for, Frank. No, it wasn't. But I really in enjoyed that direction because um, Godot just released some new support. Like, I think they like caught up to the ecosystem somehow. Like, I don't know, but that's really cool uh, because, you know, the big famous C-sharp one out there is Unity. A lot of people use that for rendering mm -hmm. these days, but Godot is a new uh, entry in that world. 
Uh, I was going to go a different direction because I ran into a library on Nougat kind of just by random, and I just fell in love with it because, well, it's just amazing, to be thoroughly honest, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Okay. It's, yeah, it's this library from Gradient Space, I believe is the company uh, that wrote it, and it's just called Gradient Space 3D. But if you've ever done 3D programming, especially with meshes and, you know, trying to input 3D stuff, output 3D stuff, render it, all that stuff, it gets nasty. There's a lot of code to write, a lot of bookkeeping, a lot of different algorithms out there. You read research papers. Uh, This library is just a huge, giant collection of algorithms and goodiness in the 3D world that is a really nice license. I forget if it's MIT or Apache, but, you know, it's a really nice license. Something you run into a lot in the 3D world is stuff is GPL, which Mm. is just no-go for shipping uh, proprietary apps. And this has a beautiful library with a beautiful license (laughs) attached to it that just has every feature I've ever wanted in a 3D library. And it was just so wonderful to see an open source library like that. And even better, .NET 2.0, so it runs on everything. I mean, I just fell in love when I saw this library, James. I'm looking at it right now. I'm pretty sure it's, there's a few, it's from Gradient Space. I see Geometry 3 Sharp. GS mm-hmm. Slicer and GSG Code, which are all different. Yeah. Other ones. So let me tell you about this cool part. So they have that general purpose 3D library, but then they also have built in code to print to a 3D printer. That's what the slicer and G code thing are. Mm. So in just a few lines of code, you can output the G code, uh, which is what a 3D printer takes. And so with this library, it's very easy for me to create software that generates 3D models that then get exported to a 3D printer. It's all in .NET standard open source software. And it's wow. Just, it's awesome. It's just awesome. That's pretty cool. I these like... are hard algorithms, really tough stuff. Slicing a 3D model is not easy. I wouldn't even know where to begin, to be honest with you. It's also really cool that just it's just out there. How did you stumble across it? You were just in NuGet one day and you're like, geometry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> pretty close, James, pretty close. Um, I was about to write a slicing library. And I was like, you know what, before I embark on six months to a year worth of work, I'm going to Google. And I started Googling. <laughs> and this library showed up. And I'm like, this library does literally everything I wanted, plus 800 things more. And it was just one of those wonderful feelings of like just finding the perfect library written by smart people who have very thorough documentation, very clean code. You know, there's not one interface there that's getting, you know, nude up by a container or anything. It's just all straightforward, good code. Very cool. Well, I wish I had something better to share with you, but I do have another question for you or topic, if I will, because it's not a question. Here <laughs> is the, it actually is a question. Actually, I guess I ended it with a question mark. This is, Here, is this number three? No, this is only number two for you, right? Number two for me. Yes. We're almost at Yeah. Time. All right. I'm scared. <laughs> Have we reached peak one wheel? Oh, <laughs> you're throwing my words back at me. This is hilarious. Um, so you were asking about, uh, one wheel models and things like that. And will, um, Gosh, what's the company called that makes One Wheel? Whatever they're called. One Wheel. Uh, will they have... <laughs> yeah, let's just call them that. I think they actually have a real name. Um, 
will there be a better model out? And I said something to you. I said, I think we've hit peak one wheel because the one wheel as it stands right now, the ridiculously priced, most expensive one is everything you could ever want. um, It's battery lasts basically longer than your legs will last. And so it's kind of the perfect device. And there's a million things like tiny little tweaks. I could say like, this would be a little improvement here. That would be a little improvement there. But it's kind of like they invented a bicycle. And all I'm talking about are tiny little refinements on a bicycle. It's kind of trivial, my refinements. And that's why I threw to you that I think we've hit peak one wheel. Like this is kind of a design optimum or at least really close to it. Now, when I say also peak one wheel, right? And I think about this, where else do we go in the world of self propel propulsion of things? Right. I mean, I, I always tease Heather all the time that I'm going to buy a one wheel and she's like, you're going to kill yourself. Um, (laughs) just ride your bicycle. You don't need a one wheel. I'm like, this is a good point. Um, but you know, I think that where else do we go? And, and I, and I put this on the list, not only to talk about one wheel, but also because you're always trying to create balance bots and you're always automating drones and all these things. Like what is, what is next here, Frank? Ah, yeah. Um, well, it, in, in terms of balance, for me, it's just a very interesting problem. I had a controls professor and we would talk about static stability versus dy- dynamic stability. You can make something stand still, um, and not move, that's stable, but it's not moving, it's not interesting. Or it could be shaking, and you could say that's unstable, but the truth is it's shaking about a center point, it it is kind of stable. And so these are really fun problems to work on as an engineer, because they push you to your limits. I think that's, as an engineer, why I like the one wheel, because it's kind of a classic problem in controls engineering, the inverted pendulum problem. But this is a company that took controls that took us years to kind of get right it's basically rocket controls <laughs> and applying rocket controls to a funny little skateboard device where do we go from here um i mean my goalpost is always back to the future so <laughs> i want a full hoverboard a proper hoverboard but we don't have any power sources nearly capable of outputting the kind of power we need We're not, aside from putting little jet engines or rockets on a board which i don't think parents are going to approve of too soon but you know aside from rockets we don't really have a way to make a hoverboard right now but someday <laughs> okay all right someday i don't really have much you know, except for maybe I'll buy, maybe i'll buy a one wheel i don't really know <laughs> oh this is the part where i'm just supposed to convince you riding a one wheel no yes <laughs> um now I I've I have this funny joke where I only t- I tell people that I'm only happy when I have wheels attached to my feet, so <laughs> it has to be like rollerblades or ice skates or a one wheel. Then then I'm happy. So I get to ask you my last question now. Is that is that the rule? I think so. That is the rule that we have uh, agreed upon somehow. Okay. Uh, this is a fun one. This is good. I'm actually curious. I'm trying to, I want to word it a little better, but here we go. James, have you ever tried to learn a foreign language? And if so, how have you succeeded? And have you tried to do so recently? Yeah, great question. Uh, So uh, I took four years of French in high school. So this was 20 some years ago at this point. Um, Wow, I'm old. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, 
I decided to pick French because my sister took French and I grew up in the Midwest and little did I know that French doesn't really help me in very many places in the world, unless I'm in France or maybe some parts of Canada, there's one or two other places. Forgive me, French listeners, <laughs> um, if I have missed your country. Um, I should have took Spanish because Spanish is in many, many countries. Um, now I have, for all intents and purposes, forgotten 99.999% of my French. Uh, but when I did go to France not too long ago with Heather, I could pick up on some things here and there. You don't just naturally forget everything. So you could pick up you know, some different words here and there. Um, but recently, um, before I got married, I wanted to do something special, um, uh, because Heather is a math and Spanish major two two majors and a minor. She always reminds me that she also has, a minor. <laughs> um, and she, whenever we go to Spanish speaking countries, she's able to speak very fluently. And, uh, I love when she speaks, um, Spanish. It's awesome. And also when she's out with you know, some of her friends that, you know, they speak Spanish as well, um, because she majored in it. So she's really awesome. So I thought it would be amazing that if I could propose to her in Spanish, oh. like how great would that Ooh. be secretly? Right. Yeah. But high risk, like you, you don't want to mess it up there. Like you got to really roll that R and do that N thing that <laughs> I can't do. Yes. I can't do any <laughs> of that either. So I, uh, signed up. Last year, yes, last summer, um, for a intro to Spanish class at the Seattle University cool. up in Capitol Hill, and that yes. went terrible. So, oh. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was an introduction, but it was only once a week, and that was the problem that I had. I didn't do the apps, I didn't do you know Rosetta Stone or anything like that. Um, I was like in person, this is going to be good. The problem was that it was once a week. So I'd come home, I'd do the assignment, Heather would help me. And then by the next week, I forgot everything. And by the end of it, I just sort of was like, all right, this is too complicated and I'm just kind of done. So oh. then I didn't, I'd propose in English and it worked out great. Yeah. It worked out great for me. But yeah, that was oh, my, okay. that was fine. <laughs> so it worked out okay, still married. So. How many words could it have been? Couldn't you just memorize it phonetically? I like without learning the language. <laughs> it was a long, uh, pretty long proposal speech. If I okay, yeah, okay. Um, I I brought it up because I've had pretty much the same experience as you. In fact, I took French just like you. Um, but I'm even a bigger disgrace because I took a little bit in college also. So I should be a little better than I am today. <laughs> I can read like fifty percent, and I can understand. 10% spoken. So it's pretty bad. Um, but I've also studied Japanese, Croatian, tried to teach myself German, tried to teach myself Arabic, all lost causes, all failures. Um, but I've decided recently that I really want to get back and try Arabic again, just because I like traveling through the Middle East. And it would be super helpful if I knew more than three words. And so um, I started this is funny because I went to YouTube and started getting app reviews. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to know, like, what's the good what's the good technique these days, James? And um, what it all came down to actually was this new app out there that I wanted to tell you about. It's called I don't even know if it's new. I, it's new to me, you know, new to me. Uh, it's a different way of learning a language. It's called HelloTalk, HelloTalk.com. Mm. And all it does 
is throw you into a room and says, hey, here's a bunch of people that are also uh, learning what you want to learn or learning the opposite of what you want to learn. So say I want to learn Arabic. Well, here are some Arabic speakers who want to learn English. And the idea is you just chat with each other. And they found that this is the best way to acquire a language. Memorizing grammars just doesn't seem to quite work when you're engaging the conscious brain like that. But if you do it in storytelling form, if you do it in chat form, according to these experts, it's going to be better. So I kind of jumped all in and just started chatting with people. And it's kind of amazing. So think of it as like just kind of an open chat room, but with the explicit goal. And it's pretty well moderated and all that. So you don't have to worry about those kinds of things. It's an established service uh, where everyone's just focused on helping each other learn a language. And it's really wonderful. It's like a whole community I've been introduced to. And I really love it. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, I definitely would I would like to try that out. I, I noticed that when Heather is engaging and speaking with her Spanish friends, like via via text message or whatever, it really, you know, um, encourages her to to even spruce up on it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. kind of having that conversation. I think that's what was my detriment, right? Is I wasn't having that conversation or trying to go back and forth. And yeah, Heather could speak to me in Spanish, but I couldn't understand anything. So you sort of have to start somewhere. So I'll be interested to see how that uh, goes for you, Frank. That's really cool. Yeah. And just to keep propping it up, I really don't have that much experience with it. I'm just, but um, like, I've always also heard that like meetups and, you know, lunches and things like that are really good ways to learn a language too, or at least keep it fresh in your ear and things like that. But for all the introverts out there or anyone obeying the quarantine and social distancing and all that, I really think that this app is kind of perfect for this day and age where we don't need to meet. We can just use the internet for what it was meant for, connecting people through language barriers. I think it's really nice. And I also hope that more of this sort of happens because as the, you know, as we're all inside, but as we start to explore more, like it's you kind of see like it's very beneficial to have like kind of to be bilingual and, and, uh, it's quite fun. So I, I love, I love it. So that's really cool. Oh man. Cool. All right, here we go. Last, <clears throat> it's a, oh, it's a tricky one. Cause I don't even know if I have oh, an answer good. for it at all. Oh, good. All right, Frank. And also this is also a question to all your listeners. So I hope that all of our listeners write in and tell us this too. What is your favorite moment from the last 200 episodes? Do I remember any of the last 200 episodes, James? It's a great question. <laughs> what show is this? Which one am I? Episode 200. <laughs> That's the one it is. Oh, they're all my darlings, James. Um, I keep thinking back. I'm going to go for the worst episode first. Okay. How about okay. that? Go for it. Um, I, I think back to an episode where I think I tried to describe how to write compilers. I think it was one of the very earliest episodes, but I use it as a reference in my head for how not to have an episode because I'm pretty sure it was me just trying to give a six-month lecture in 30 minutes and probably making absolutely no sense. And I'm like, this can't be what I do on the podcast. So I took that as a moment of uh, reflection of Let's not ever do that again. So that, that was my least favorite moment. Do you have a least favorite moment? Least favorite moment of the pod. Um, I think looking back at quite a few, the ones that I've, I guess I've been not, I've been let down by. Uh, the ones I've been let 
let down by are the ones personally where I sort of make a commitment or promise to some do something a lot of around like our holiday hacks and then I don't do them or we don't have a follow up <laughs> for them. That's sort of been I my always like, feel bad. I hate that. I hate it so much. <laughs> that's like my least favorite, I would say maybe. And that's not even like a specific episode. It's like a part of the podcast, right? Um, that's definitely been one. I don't think there's been a time where we record a podcast and I was like, that was a bad podcast, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I was really just killing time so that I could go back and try to remember what all of our episodes have been about because James, we've done 200 episodes. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Um, up to a million uh, listens uh, in, in totality. It's yeah. a lot. 1.5, yes. Oh, it's 1.5? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Let's just keep complimenting ourselves here. <laughs> well, I will say this um, while you think about yours. I can say that probably my favorite moment of this podcast um, was in 2018 at build. And this is when we got a podcast booth together when we got to interview individuals. Now folks, um, there was only one other time that Frank and I record in person and it was at his apartment. And this was actually a terrible recording. It was really bad. We had like lapel microphones. It went, it went, it was fine. (laughs) It was weird, but we haven't really recorded in person, but this was a time where you and I got to sit down together and interview people. And I thought that was so much fun because it wasn't just that we were interviewing people. It was just that we were there with them in person. Maybe it's more sentimental now in these times where I don't get to see anybody ever, but um, that was really cool. I mean, we sat down with JB, um, with Miguel, a bunch of other folks. Um, It was just like really fun. Like with Paige Bailey, remember when we interviewed Paige? Oh my goodness. She like blew Mm -hmm. our mind with like machine learning in space. Like that's crazy. I mean, those were really cool moments. I mean, I love our moments, but I think because we were there together and it was this cool, like, Oh, this thing could work if we had like a talk show. Like that's how I kind of felt. (laughs) Oh yeah. That hmm, a talk show. So would we have two mugs and two seats or would I be like the weird co-host that's always on the couch awkwardly as like the guest comes in? You're like Frank, move aside a little. We we have a better guest now. No, no, no. It's Could like I it's like a person. It's like a um. It'd be almost because it's still it's still audio only. So it'd be like a a radio talk show. It'd be like we'd be like mm. two J's like whoa 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 why aren't we just got the girl did oh we need a soundboard a soundboard yeah we need that yeah. yeah okay that's fair I don't know James I don't have a favorite moment like that I guess I I think my favorite moments are when we actually solve one of each other's bugs. I love it when one of us has an aha moment when the other one's talking. You're like, oh, you just solved my problem. Thanks. Can we end the podcast right now and I can get back to work? Those are my favorite moments on the podcast. Those little epiphanies, thanks to the other person. You know, that just I, I, I love those moments so much. So that's a general answer to your specific question. Perfect. I mean, and that's a great, it doesn't have to be, a, I guess, an action of pros with a moment, but that is a moment, right? Those are moments that occur on the pod. So I think that's great. I think that's perfect. Yeah. So give me one right now. I need an aha moment. <laughs> oh, an aha moment? Well, I an mean. An on-demand aha moment. <laughs> I mean, I think that when you solve this min problem that I just had, that was an aha moment for me. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I, for our listeners too, because we record obviously some stuff for our Patreon members and sometimes we don't record anything. I mean, I think that our conversation Monday 
so we're recording on a Wednesday. We just record on Monday. Uh, Frank and I, Frank tweeted, he's like, we, we literally got on the, on the <laughs> mic and then talked for two hours. I don't even remember what we talked about now. We just talked for two hours on stuff. And you then... fixed a bug in my Android oh, app right. and I helped you with something. I think, I think it went both ways, but yeah. I don't remember if I helped you or not. Those are the moments. Forgotten. The, and it's almost the moments that aren't in the pods that also make doing the pod special. <laughs> Every week, everyone, just for a peek behind the curtain, I think it's a small miracle we put out a show because we usually talk for 30 or 45 minutes and they're like, oh gosh, now what are we going to talk about? Because we just talked for 30 or 45 minutes. Pretty much. It's a miracle. It's, it's a, a miracle, miracle, everyone. Yeah. 200 miracles. <laughs> yes. And I'm on the good microphone again. Uh, I still am in an empty room, but I do have a curtain. Now this curtain um, blanket, curtain, curtained blanket, if you will, behind me. I get on Teams calls with my coworkers, and it looks like a Game of Thrones chair behind me almost. It's quite awesome. Oh, for me, it looks like you're covering something up. You're mm. like, James, what are you covering up? What don't you want people to see? That's a great question. I'm not going to tell you. You have to listen next week <laughs> to episode 201. Frank, thank you so much for spending four years of your life on this podcast with me. I still don't know why I do it. I'm just kidding. Thank you all for listening. It, it's really it's really impressive that you've made it this far. I don't know what you're all thinking. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And of course, tell your friends about the pod. If you like the pod, hit us up at mergeconflict.fm. Hit us up on Twitter at mergeconflict.fm as well. Um, you can tell us what your favorite moments or not so favorite moments of the podcast are or what you would like to see on the next episodes going forward. Well, Frank, here's to the next 200. So let's end it like we always do. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.